Hello and welcome to the Raptors Show on uh, the Sports Podcast Network. Uh, I'm your host, William Liu. Joining me once again for a late night post game reaction podcast is producer and co host Alex Wong. And probably for the first time ever in a React pod, we have uh, a second guest, uh, Oren Weisfeld, writer at large. Um, you can find his work uh, in The Guardian, you can find his work in uh, Yahoo Sports Canada, over at Sportsnet as well. Uh, bro, Oren, I, I, am, I, am I shorting you? I feel like there's like a lot of other places you write at these days. No, you can't short me. Can't can't short a short king, but uh, yeah, this is my uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, this, this is energy. My... <laughs> no, this energy is already go. crazy. This man. is my uh, Raptors oh. reaction vir- virginity pod, so I'm excited to be here. Oh wow. my okay. god, the energy is already different, bro. You know, it's like you know, um, hoop collective. Hoop collective's been getting a lot of great guests during during the finals. You know, I think I think Mike mm-hmm. Brown joined them for like a preview episode. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of who else, but you know, we, we had to keep up. Oh, that Georges Niang, my uh my body <laughs> no and also uh, basketball body double. Yeah. They had Georges Niang. Right, they had Georges right, Niang. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're trying to do the same. So our first special <laughs> guest is Oren Weisfeld. It's yeah. That's that's kind <laughs> oh, of the God. same thing. So um yeah. anyway, uh so Zone. the Nuggets the Nuggets just played a, a really great game. Um, you know, they are up two one in the series after going into Miami and coming away with a one oh nine to ninety four uh win. I thought in the first quarter, like it, I thought Miami kinda really handled it. They were tied after um after the first quarter, but I, I just felt like Denver consistently played good basketball and Various other guys stepped up, you know, obviously shouts to Christian Brown um, making that appearance off the bench. By the way, Christian Brown's name is simultaneously two problematic characters. His name is literally Christian Braun, um, just like the actor Mm. or not Christian Brown, Nicholas Braun, just like the actor. And also someone pointed out his name is basically Chris Brown. What do you really think about it? (laughs) So anyway, but anyway, he he was he was doing damage um, to the Miami Heat. And uh, yeah, he just couldn't get their offense going. So. Well, we'll let Oren get it started. Oren, what, what, what kind of uh, what kind of basketball <laughs> observations you got for us? Firstly, on Christian Brown, I don't mm-hmm. understand Jeff Van Gundy's like issue because it's only because he's a white guy that Jeff Van Gundy feels that he doesn't have to pronounce his name correctly. Because you like you just have to pronounce people's names the right way. But I think because his name is Christian Brown and he's this white guy, that Jeff Van Gundy is just like I don't have to call him that. It's just mm-hmm. like a wild yeah he needs to just start calling him his real name that's my take on it but okay, i mean his name what? is spelled like another name it's the okay, but tons of names are bro but like my name oh. could be arguably spelt a different name it's not clear it's not phonetic just... a lot of names are not phonetic i just don't understand why english is oh, like this you're it's... only saying that because he's a white guy again no like, it's not that no it's, it's not because man. he we, has we, another name we bro. miss we mispronounce the names of every single race on here man so no here's yeah, the actually, thing. that's fair that's fair Here's the thing. It's it's just like that classic video where that person is looking at this like immigrant person is looking at a map of America with the states and they're looking at Kansas, which is where Christian Brown went to school. Uh, and then they look at Arkansas, but it's not pronounced Arkansas. It's pronounced Arkansas. You know, like why is English mm-hmm. like this? There can't just be you can't bend the rules anytime you want, essentially, you know. I yeah, thought e, e, e and E A are both long E sounds. So why is it? it's breed and then you can't eat breed you know listen as someone as a writer who has grown up with english 
and it's my okay. native language, I still like misspell na- like words all the time because yeah. yeah, there's way too many rules that are broken in English, but still you just got to call the man his name and and that's final. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. If we want to talk basketball, basketball. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, I just, yeah, like you mentioned Christian Brown <laughs> again. He did have a good game, but really Amazing. I thought this game was the Jokic and Murray two-man game. Like if mm. if you look at the box score, you'll see it, but even just watching, those two dominated every facet of the game. And the Nuggets don't usually work that way. I feel like usually, obviously they are the two-man game there initiating offense but usually defenses you know key in and then they're spraying it out to open shooters and then those guys are hitting shots like Jokic and Murray are usually doing one of two things like scoring or playmaking as a duo but they're not doing both and in this game like they were setting each other up but they were also doing almost all of the scoring like they combined for 36 point sorry 66 points out of 109 so like they really dominated the scoring aspect of the game on top of obviously Jokic got 20 rebounds and they combined for 20 assists. So I thought it was it was a Jokic Murray game more than anything. They just dominated. Yeah. Um I was worried that these two would gas out. Because it felt like at the very start, it was like the first quarter was literally just them. Like Michael Porter came out with another stinker. All this guy does is take mid-range pull-up jumpers and then like give up back cuts on defense. I thought he like finally made one good play in the third quarter where he crashed an offensive rebound, and I think he missed the putback, but Aaron Gordon got the, the layup to fall. But like you know, you didn't get anything out of MPJ. Uh, KCP, once again, looking pretty terrible, except this time at least he didn't foul three-point shooters, so that's already an improvement over last time. Aaron Gordon, I saw actually played a pretty decent game, but his floor is fairly high in terms of what he does. He has a very good clarity in his game. Don't understand why he can't make free throws, but it was just like Jokic and Murray were doing everything, and I was just worried that like, if they were going to end up playing what they played, which was 44 and 45 minutes, are they going to be able to sustain it? And I just think, to me, it's just the, all, all playoffs long, their conditioning is just, like, really, really impressive. Because late game, even when other guys start to gas out for the Heat, who are the best conditioned team in the league, like, you know, Jokic and Murray are still able to produce. And, and yeah, man, I mean, there's two, two stat lines. is just ridiculous, man. 32, 21, and 10 for Jokic, and 34, 10, and 10 for Jamal Murray. They both shot 12 of 21 from the field. Um, both shot 7 of 8 from the foul line. It's like it, we haven't seen just uh, two guys dominate to this degree um, in, in, in in quite some time. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I guess you would go back to, like, Kyrie and LeBron. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird because they play off of each other a lot better than Kyrie and LeBron did. For sure. So for sure, yeah. like they set each other up a lot more, whereas those guys ISO'd or posted up a lot more. These guys are all about like, yeah, they're actually making plays for each other. Right. It's funny. I was talking to a friend today about like how we always think about the Heat as the best conditioned team in the league. And yeah, the I think these are two of the best conditioned teams in the league. And like Jokic is this guy who people make fun of because of how he looks or whatever. But he's very deceivingly fit. Like he'll take a rebound oh, off brother. the board. We got he's sneaky athletic panting. and we got sneaky fit now. Come on, man. Oh, what are we man. doing? Dude, this guy's like panting like under his own basket. He's super red. He catches a rebound. You think yeah. he's going to walk it up? No, he sprints up the floor. And, and yeah. like, yeah, to your point, these guys both played 45 minutes and just like had it in them. I, I do wonder now that you brought that up, if that was intentional on Spo and the Heat's part, if it's like, you know what? we're going to let those guys kind of do their thing. But over the course of a seven game series, can Jokic and Murray do everything? Mm. Cause 
this is not how I would necessarily defend them in terms of like, I would try to make other guys hit shots and maybe like send, they send a lot of attention their way, but like really like make them give the ball up and give maybe open shots to the Caldwell Popes and, and the Browns and the, and the bronze and the Browns of the world. But Mm. maybe Spo's strategy is actually like, no, we're just going to like, let them play their two man game and we're going to tire them out over the course of a series. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good, strategy though man because like <laughs> you look at the way they were able to carry them tonight like will was saying though this was legit the first time in nba history that two guys two teammates had 30 point triple doubles so like you actually had never seen this before and like they just need two more wins now and they've got home court advantage back like i think for sure obviously they need i mean michael porter jr has had a terrible series and and outside of our guy cousin greg christian nicholas braun like i feel like none of their role players have been really good in this series at all. Like, I feel like KCP's been terrible in this series, Oh, he, too. horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah. And so, like, I, I, I get that, but it's also, like, Miami's offense was terrible tonight, especially in the second half. Um, I feel like there was just a little bit way too much Bam, even though Bam's been hitting the mid-range like crazy in, in these in these playoffs. But, like, what is he? Yeah. What was he? 7 of 21 tonight. I thought, yeah, Jimmy was 11 of 24. I thought he had a way more inefficient game than that, just watching the game. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it's hard for them to find an answer for 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 Denver's offense, man. Once they started getting humming there in the second half, like they just need two more. Like if if Jokic and Murray need to carry them like this, I, I think they got enough to get past the finish line now. Yeah, um, I mean, look, we we knew that they were the better team, I and mean, obviously they had the best player, and and not not to be too reductive, but a lot of basketball does come down to that. I I do think from the Heat's perspective, um, they got one, very little once again from their supporting cast. Like Max Struess went back to being just like a completely empty player. What one for seven? He had a great play to start the game where um, he flew in for the offensive rebound um, to save the possession, and then got the ball back in a pick and roll setting, and then threw a cross court like left handed wraparound pass to the corner for I think Gabe Vincent for three. And I was like, that was an amazing play. Oh my god, Max Struess is going to do well, but like that's all he did the whole game. Like, you know, one for seven from the field. They, I don't really feel like they're getting enough out of anybody else, really, in terms of as a supporting cast. Like, Gabe Vincent, he's been hot, what, seven points, two of ten tonight. Um, And part of that was just him being in foul trouble, but also, like, you know, he missed a lot of shots. Kevin Love can only do what he does, which is essentially flop one time per game for a charge and and jack up threes and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, But you just need more out of these Heat supporting casts to sort of beat them because, obviously, you know... There's a real chance that both the best and the second best players in this series are both playing for Denver, which I think is just really impressive because we all know what Jokic can do. But seeing Jamal play like this, too, man, I was impressed with his defense. Like a lot of times he switched on to Jimmy Butler and he held his own. So shouts to uh, shouts to a KW legend, man. Yeah, I thought in the third quarter, I think they were up five at the break. And then in the third quarter, Jamal was the one who he broke the game open and, and it never got close after that. Like he came out just on fire in the third quarter and, and to your point, it's like his athleticism and his strength on top of the shooting. We all know how well he shot it over the course of the playoffs, but man, he got some rebounds today that were just ridiculous. Yep. He makes plays where like he'll drive, jump in the air and he just hangs and, and then he can make a decision pass, try to lay it up. Like he just hangs so long that he has the room to make those decisions. But Back to the point of like the Jokic Murray two man game, how to defend it. I, I think 
there is obviously no right answer. We've learned this over the course of the series or over the course of the playoffs. Like you can't defend those guys. I think what what I did see because Denver had 60 points in the paint today was they obviously sent a lot of attention those guys way. Like they they were trapping Murray for most of the second half, but Mm -hmm. Denver was killing them on like these these cuts out of those traps and stuff. And same with like Jokic got the ball against the zone there real quick on the baseline. Christian Brown made that cut and then he got he got like a layup and one. I think what the Heat have to do a better job of is like make the shooter shoot. Like don't overplay it and let them cut back door. And I'm talking about like their weak side help. Mm-hmm. They're they're like so close to the perimeter and then those guys are just cutting back door or just cutting straight into the paint and getting those looks. Like obviously you have to double Jokic in the post. You have to trap Jamal, but make the shooters like make those shots. Don't challenge them quite as much as they did because I thought, yeah, Denver would just kill them in the paint and at the rim and, and Denver only hit like five threes. Yeah. So I think you got to make them make more threes. 109 points, man. On only five threes, that's unprecedented in the modern. That's NBA. wild! Holy, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't even take that in. To the larger point about the the Denver role players having a bad series, this is kind of why I thought the Heat stood a chance at least in the series, is because I felt going into it, everyone was like naming Denver as this juggernaut team, mm. and I think it's because the path they had in the West was relatively easy. Everyone was just like, oh, this is going to be a sweep five games, you know, like KCP, like Michael Porter Jr. I feel like those guys, the Aaron Gordons of the world, they were like overrated mm. for through the first three rounds of the playoffs because they didn't face like elite, elite competition, I don't think. And, and I think their flaws are getting exposed and like, yeah, they're better than this. They're better than they've played so far. But I just don't think the Nuggets are this juggernaut team. They have this like amazing duo. But I do think they can be beaten. And I think there is like this perception out there that the team itself is like the deepest, best team that we've seen in a while. And I just I haven't felt that way. I mean, the the way that the Nuggets are, though, like especially if you're going to play Jokic and Murray 45 minutes each and they're going to be sustainable doing that. You only need like two guys to step up around them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, mm-hmm. you don't even have to be that deep when you have two guys giving you 30 point triple doubles. And tonight, you know, Aaron Gordon was good. Um, Christian Brown was excellent. And to your point about um, Christian Brown, like, you got to give uh, Michael Malone some credit in terms of, you know, obviously knowing that that zone's going to come or knowing that uh, the Heat are going to blitz Jamal Murray. And by the way, Jamal, I, I do feel like with Jamal, he's a little bit slow to get the pass out out of the double team. He takes an extra dribble. He'll turn around, and then he'll try to jump and throw the pass sometimes. Seven turnovers today. I think that's an area for Jamal to get better at. And I think about Nuggets, they got to maybe present other ways for him to sort of throw an outlet to. Um, But regardless, like having seen what Miami did in both games one and two in terms of with the zone, in terms of with blitzing Jamal, especially in game two, I thought the Nuggets made some pretty good adjustments. And I think playing Christian Brown more is, is a facet in terms of just like he's the best cutter they have on the team. And he's so quick. Like, he's just, he just like pops when you watch him, man. He's very strong. He's very fearless. Obviously, when you got back to back, like, muscle layups against uh, Kyle Larry and, and, and Jimmy Butler, it doesn't get any tougher than that, especially for a rookie. But a lot of that is just him playing off the catch. And even him today, some of my favorite plays from him are just, he will like attack the closeout, get it like two, three steps from the three point line into the middle of the floor, force a slight rotation, and then just dump it off to Jokic. You know, like mm-hmm. that, like it was a weird driving kick in the sense that you're kicking just to like the elbow, 
but it both times got Jokic. One time he got a mid-range jumper, and obviously that went in, and the second time he got fouled. Um, so it's the small things like that where you don't need that much around them to get them better. But at the same time, I, I think for, for, for MPJ, this looks like the classic case of a, of an offense first player, um, going into the finals and the moment being a little bit too big for them. I thought this happened to Jordan Poole last year when he got to the finals as well. And quite frankly, I do see some Jordan Poole qualities in, in Michael Porter Jr. Maybe not as actively destructive. He, he at least has some shame to know that like, it's not my day. I'm not going to try to do too much. But MPJ has many of the similar weaknesses. And then KCP, I, I'm i not expecting that much from KCP, but I, I would like him to play like good Danny Green, which is sort of what I expect. Right now he's playing like bad Danny Green, and it's it's starting to annoy me. But um, I don't know. When you have two guys that great, like that's that's kind of all you can do. Um, Alex, are you back on heat culture? Are you in on heat culture? Are you out on heat culture? Like where are you at right now? No, no. I think I, I'm just I'm just dealing in the reality that, that Denver's got a monster player. In, in Jokic and there's really not much Miami can do man like you said like once their role players start coming back down to earth like even Caleb Martin tonight I think he had like a I think he scored like eight straight in the second quarter um yeah. probably because he but that was it. J, J. Cole was courtside and then and then he only had 10 for the game and they they just don't once you neutralize those guys, once those guys don't step up, like they don't have a one-two punch like that, you know. Like mm. I think at times when they're struggling too, you get reminded of why Miami was like forty-four and thirty-eight during the regular season, and it's like I don't know, man. I feel like I just—I mean, I'm looking. I feel, I feel like Jimmy didn't play a really efficient game tonight, and I don't know, man. I wasn't even that impressed with Bam, even though he had the twenty-two and seventeen. But I like how hard he competes on the glass. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. like the effort was good. I just yeah, feel like if sure. you're if you're getting that much if you're giving like featuring Bam that much on offense, like I feel like it's diminishing returns like over the course of a series. But I mean, we could talk about all this role player stuff, but it's like this is like some Shaq and Kobe stuff from from Jokic and Murray tonight, right? And and like you said, Will, like they don't even need anybody else. Like they just need a couple guys to hit a couple shots, play good defense, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got enough. And I got credit to like Mike Mike Michael Malone. I love mm-hmm. how he's got mm-hmm. everybody apologizing whenever people say Mike Malone now, but like he's the Christian Brown of coaches, man. No, it's crazy, man. Every time anyone says Mike Malone, they have to apologize now. Like, <laughs> no. like what kind of bullying he's, is this? He's Yo, you know struck what? Fear into us. You know what? We're calling him Mike Malone, man. Um, no, he he white Mike, man. He he he's <laughs> no, white Mike Malone. No, but you know they always do those like mic'd up segments and like sounds yeah. of the game and like. Yeah. Even guys like Michael Porter Jr. I've seen like throughout the playoffs, he's been like because they've been handing out. The, I think they're handing out that chain after the game to like yeah. one of the players and stuff. Mm. And like he's been trying to prop up like MPJ this whole playoff run. <laughs> he's like, like MPJ, man, you no, got the chain. No, Best he's like this tonight. He, he's like he's like Jokic, Jokic, you got forty and twenty five tonight. Jamal, you hit eight threes. He's like, yo, MPJ, double double, double double. <laughs> I saw that double double out there, like. Like no, but that I'm not even trying yeah. to make fun of that because like that's no, it's, good it's, coaching. It is like it he's is, legit propping up these guys, and like obviously like Porter hasn't been there in this series, but like I'm telling you, like there's just like having belief in these guys and like building them up through the playoffs. It's like I feel like these guys are gonna come around, especially at home in Denver, and like <laughs> and like just have a good game. And yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's it's like heat culture is what it is, but sometimes like at the end of the day, like talent wins out, and like Denver's just out talenting them. Right? Yeah. And I think also to Michael Malone's credit is it's is like he's putting guys in positions to succeed. We talk about how Spo does this all the time, but like, you know, Will, you were talking about how 
Brown had a couple plays where he drove into the paint, got stopped by the last line of defense, and then just laid it off to Jokic. Like Brown mm-hmm. is a very limited playmaker, but if that's the play and Jokic is ro- running or rolling beside him, all he has to do is dump it off. That's a very easy pass he can make. And all he has to do there is like use his athleticism, use his first step, get there. And then Jokic is always the option to finish that play. And then same with some of the cutting I was talking about. I feel like I feel like some of it was purposeful with like Jamal taking an extra second with those traps because mm. it felt like they were making a very like strong point to like we're not going to settle for threes like the Heat probably want us to like the Heat want Jamal Murray to get rid of this ball so that like Caldwell Pope takes a contested three instead you know like Caldwell Pope would wait and then like hard cut and mm. then Jamal would get rid of the ball and then they would have something at the rim I just felt like a a lot of this was scripted like Denver saw a lot of this stuff coming in a sense same with that play where they went to zone for like one possession you know Jokic goes instead of the middle of the floor he goes to the baseline and then it's a 45 cut on the opposite wing it's just way more space to work with I I was just like and then the heat stopped going to the zone I was just like okay like Denver has worked this out in practice they know what they want to do against some of these like zone actions or some of these traps and it just worked really well so i think yeah they deserve a lot of credit for for their offense in this game um i still believe in the heat to make this competitive though because i think they can play way better offense yeah for sure and i think that for me starts with like not featuring bam less but i think the possession ending less with bam in terms of like yes the mid-range is there i like his aggressiveness um but i also think that it's better for bam to like turn the ball back over to the three-point shooter behind him like one more dhos um and instead of even if you want to hit bam on the slip out of those like you get bam to sort of throw the ball back out like i think definitely they need to get more threes up period and they have a lot of shooters to mm. to achieve that i didn't feel like they played duncan robinson enough it felt like well to be fair i kind of understand that because um christian brown's man was duncan robinson and so he was just Has like back on him. Hasn't always been this bad on defense because I did not remember him being this bad. Yeah, there's a reason why he hasn't play. played for like long stretches. Like after some, I know, but like last time they were in the finals, I never remembered him being this horrible. Yeah, it's every time he either fouls someone or or they go zone to protect him. Like it's he, he, it's he terrible. is kind of, he is kind of a goober. I don't know. There's just something about him. No, but like yeah, no, like, I think you have to sort of at least accept the fact that yeah he's not gonna be great on defense but you know obviously offensively he gives you a big spark and i think the way jimmy's attacking like um he he did it a lot in this game and i thought that was probably the parts of the game that actually worked well for him offensively but hunting those mismatches uh, attacking jamal murray attacking kcp like that's kind of the way he's got to go with this like i i don't really want to see him try to attack aaron gordon i just don't think it's a good one and the way the Nuggets are playing it, they are willing to switch a lot of those actions. So you get Jamal onto Jimmy. And listen, you know what? You, it might be one of those scenarios where you got to just like force feed Jimmy and get Jamal into foul trouble early in the game. Because like aside from foul trouble, I'm actually not really seeing how you stop those two guys. Like, yes, they will play worse because they're not averaging 30-point triple-doubles. But at the same time, like their two-man game is so strong that unless you get one of those guys off the floor – um. I'm not really seeing what Miami could do to counter. So I think I want to see Jimmy um, hunt Jamal more mismatches. And I want to see Bam not take so many mid-range shots and, you know, for other Miami Heat players to be more aggressive from three. But 
Man, Denver's just good. I don't know. Like that's that's the thing. Like even when the the Heat had it going in the first half and they were up a little bit. Remember when Jamal hit that like crazy pull up three just to mm-hmm. sort of like beat the buzzer? And I think that turned it from like a yeah. four point game where Miami was up and they had momentum to like shutting off the water. And then Jamal hit another pull up three. Like they're just tough, man. Even when you really lock them down, they still make shots. And then I just don't understand Jokic's touch, bro. It's like Jeff Van Gundy was just like talking about his touch nonstop. And and I agree. Like his touch is incredible. No, legit. He just doesn't miss once he's in that area. Like yeah. every time but his area is like pump. the free throw line extended. Yeah, like, but like every floater is just like money for him. Yeah. And like it's it's crazy. It's funny you mentioned the foul trouble too. Like I feel like that's where you got to give Jokic some credit too, and probably Murray too. Like I never see these guys like throughout this playoff run. I rarely see these guys take like the dumb fouls. You know, the foul where it gets you yeah. like three fouls in the first half or like, you know, fourth in the third quarter. Like, I feel like positionally, Jokic is always like in good position and not getting himself in into that, into the foul trouble. And like, I think it's going to be hard to get these guys off the floor. Like, like really the only thing I think Miami can hope for, like you were saying at the beginning, Will, is just like a fatigue thing. But I don't even think that's going to be an issue because like, I got to look up the minutes because, like, I don't even think these guys have been logging, like, stressful minutes throughout this playoff run. Like, Oren was saying, like, they they went through the West, like, outside of those two losses to Phoenix, like, pretty easy, too. Like, it wasn't like they had to go sure. through any, like, like any of these, like, seven-game series that, you know, Miami's gone to, like, with Boston and things like that. So, to me, they feel like a pretty fresh team, too, like, like coming into these finals. So And, and in their credit, um, we've seen in the Lakers series, for example – even though that was a sweep, um, Jamal and, 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 and Jokic both probably played like 40 minutes a game. And a lot of those games are close. And even deep into those games, those guys are making shots. So like their ability to perform even after playing 40 minutes is kind of wild. Like, no, and the, and we, yeah. ta- we talk about all the time as Raptor fans. We're like, oh, you know, Pascal and Fred missed some shots late because they played 40 minutes. But it's like, I don't know. Like I, I, I do see other guys, especially the, these two, like continuously make shots even when they are dead tired. Like look how tired Jamal was at the end of that Lakers series. Guy was still nailing jumpers in LeBron's eye, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's not forget they got the ten days off too, right? Like, sure. like they did yeah. get the ten days off in, in between, and it's like I know a lot's been made too about how how great they've been at home, but you you look at they're like racking up these really impressive road wins now, right? Like like they they finished off the Phoenix series on the road, you know, got those two um, wins on the road against the Lakers, and, and tonight was really impressive, too. So, I don't know, man. It's tough for Miami. Yeah, yeah and especially because Denver has home court. So, if we're talking about fitness and we're worried about that, like, Denver is going to be the team that performs better in Denver. Sure. Like, the altitude is only going to get to the heat more and more as this series goes on. So, I think they're in a, yeah, I think they're in a good position. I think the problem, too, is that, like, I was listening to Pound the Rock today and they were saying how the the murmuring around the finals is that Jimmy's injured and he's a lot more injured than they're letting on essentially his ankle. I'm sure he's so, hurt. Like I'm sure. He's and hurt. and if you and if you notice when he got the ankle injury, that's about the same time when they really empowered Bam to be aggressive. Sure. So that's why I would push back a bit on the idea that they need to run the offense otherwise cuz I mean a, that's kind of their only option if Jimmy's injured is to run through Bam. And B, the real rebuttal would be game two, where they ran everything through Bam. I think mm-hmm. Bam has been phenomenal this entire playoff run, like the yep. most underrated player in the league, phenomenal. Like what he did in game two was he won them the game playing offense through him. And I get it. It's not the sexiest offense for sure. Bam taking mid-range jumpers is not sexy, um, but it 
it has worked so far in the playoffs for the most part. But like, yeah, the shot distribution, I would like to see Struess and Robinson and Kyle Lowry as well. Like, I want those guys getting up more shots. Yeah. Um, Kyle passes on, on a just, lot of threes, man. For sure. Like, for like sure. A lot of them more aggressive. Aggressive. score like that, man. Come on. How many points are you really asking out of Kyle Lowry, man? This guy older than Al Horford. I'm just saying, man. When they're scoring 94 points, they they need something, man. Yo, me. Kyle gave you nine. If you can't win with Kyle Lowry giving you nine, you don't deserve to win. Period. No, I think gonna, Kyle I'm has the only person game, in man. Toronto to be anti Kyle Lowry, man. Yeah. Bro, oh, that's I, I, bad. I, it's not anti Kyle Lowry. It's just like, you know, this this is what this is it. Like, I'm not trying to say the Michael Jackson thing, but this is it. Like, <laughs> nine nine is good. No. But my only thing is, like, they rested him all season, sat him on the bench, had a minutes load. I, f- I swear it was for this, so that in the finals, he can still have gas. So I'm like, How let's get the most gas How many points do you want out, out of Kyle Lowry in a finals in 2023, <laughs> bro? He has 120-point game in him in this finals. This man was drafted yeah. the same year as Bargnani, man. Like, come on now. No, shout what are to, we uh, doing here, man? Shout to Cody Zeller, man. Plus four in six minutes tonight. A team high. Mm. Plus four, man. I, mm. saw him, I saw him stop Jokic on back-to-back plays, man. Drew a charge. I think, was, I think it was just because. Oh, Cody Zeller. Yeah. Yo, you know the when he drew the charge, oh, he literally just stuck the whole mask in Jokic's face just to catch an elbow, man. I respect my, my, that. My new theory for Cody Zeller is he's wearing the mask too tight. It's mm. like cutting off circulation in his brain, bro. Mm. You're, saying his air, play, you're saying his huh? air quality has been bad for weeks. No. I, I'm saying it's like you're seeing his face you're, rearranged you're with this thing, man. He's a wildfire right now. Holy it's man. it's not even like he's wearing a mask so much like he's wearing like retainers but for his face like it's... <laughs> Yo, I also don't know why it looks so insane on him, man. Like you it's know like you know how Rip yeah. Hamilton wore his mask so like gracefully? Yeah. Like it was and cool. It looked cool. But yeah, it was light. Like, you notice that it was like light against his head, right? Like, yeah, legit. It looks like cool Phantom of the mask. Opera, man. It looks wild. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Cody Zeller also doesn't look cool without the mask. I will no, that's say fair. that. No, that's, that's fair. he looks like a dad you would see, like at the uh, at the playground. No, that's okay, here's fair. my you know when you have your children at the playground and you're just chilling, and another dad comes along. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We all three yeah. of us can relate. To I, all, all three of us can relate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the zero kids between us. Um, no, I, my here's my suggestion for Cody Zeller adjustment wise. Mm. Come out with a black mask for game four. Just yeah, throw everyone the, off, the, man. Lebr- the LeBron one. When he exactly. The black mask looks way cooler That'd be yeah. than the clear mask. You probably get you know at least mean? one travel from uh, Jokic, man. <laughs> Jokic going to look up and just <laughs> Dude, shuffle. Like, what? He's going to move his pivot feet. <laughs> He's going to be so sure. By Damn, you think Jokic is racist? That's, but that's what? bad. No, man. What? I just mean a different mask, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. By the way, shouts have to... Have we uh, seen my... white players wear black masks before? This is another um, question I have. Because I've seen black like players wear both black be... and white and clear masks. Hold on. So. You guys talk. I'm going to look up NBA player black mask. Okay, got you. Got you. <laughs> um, Let me know if but, you see a white player with... But with congrats, to, um, congrats to Udonis Haslam, too. Became the oldest yeah. player in, in NBA history to, to yeah. appear in a finals game tonight. Which I believe was the only reason why he checked in at the end. I mean, they probably he checked in just so he feel, could. They, he took a shot, apparently. Yeah, so they could say that he well, like played played in a finals this year. Well, the crowd was kind of pressuring him to do it. You notice? Yeah, yeah. This this was he like didn't really Will, want to. This was yeah. like Will yeah, at the yeah, CYA yeah. celeb game talking to Jeremy. I'm like <laughs> telling Jeremy to shoot. Uh, but I, I do think it's cool that Miami, anytime anything's going badly, they can just roll out Udonis Hasm and kind of change the narrative just slightly. You know, just like leave on a positive note. Here's UD. That's mm. true. By the way, uh, cursory black mask search. Um, Got you. No white players. No white players. 
This is a th- mm. yo. Listen, listeners, do a deep mm. dive on this and get back to me. All right, find me a white player that has worn a black mask. Mm. Mm. All right, um, enough basketball, guys. Uh, Any, anything else from game three? I mean, yeah, we, we talked about adjustments for game four. Like, I, I, I do think Miami has a, like, they, they, they are still competitive. I, I think tonight they just they didn't really bring their best game. The, the note about Butler is interesting because I, I do think that like. You're not seeing as many takeover moments. He didn't drive it as much today. Um, I thought his offense was actually okay, to be honest, especially in the first half. I felt like he was kind of going shot for shot with Murray for a while. Um, but you're not really seeing, like, the takeover effect on defense. Like, the fact that he's the one guarding Murray, and Murray got off 22 shots. And this is yeah. after they they double-teamed them, hard double-teamed them in the second half. Like, to me, like, I don't know. I mean, I think a fully healthy Butler will do a much better job defensively against Murray, you know, so... Yeah, that's the thing for me too. It's not it's not even just defense. It's just like Butler's game is predicated on just like yeah. having your fingerprints in all these like weird areas, just making tons of tiny little winning plays throughout the game and you just didn't feel him do that tonight. Yeah. So I don't know if it's Two the injury, rebounds, I don't know zero what it steals. Is, it's just not right, yeah. man. That's not Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So but but again, like we've we've seen it even at post injury. We've seen those games where I think even like game seven in Boston, right? Where he maybe not score a ton, but like he has it in him still to just affect every inch of the game. Mm. So we'll see if he brings that out in this series. I don't think he really has yet, but um, yeah, I, I hope it's not the injury because that would really, that would suck if, if, if that's what kind of determined this. No, I think, I think there's probably, a lot of truth to that i think if you compare his stats like before and after what was it he sprained his ankle like in game one against uh the knicks right like like he was yeah, he was going like off yeah. in, in yeah. that first Fourth round quarter. against Milwaukee. Yeah. and like you said orin like you saw him in game seven against boston even the game six like before Derek white hit that shot like he took over in in the fourth quarter but you've only able to see it in kind of mm-hmm. spurts right mm-hmm. like even game two i thought he like kind of came through at the end for them too but all right, moving on. You know, Oren, since you um, stopped listening to the show, have to explain um, these segments to you. Um, after every finals game, I present Will with three questions. So you'll have to be part of this as well. So first question for you guys. <laughs> well, a lot of explaining with, with that one. Such a complicated segment, man. Nah, we're going to have to explain basketball reference game to him. We're going to explain tweet of the night to him as well. <laughs> okay, go, um, go ahead. First question for it? you, no. Oren. So... Uh, let me scan your timeline. Um, give me five minutes. That's a good one. I think you'll like one of them. So mm. a lot of, um, you know, a lot was being made because, um, you know, Jokic had the first 30-20-10 uh, triple-double in finals history tonight. And the only other two players who even had 30-20-10 games in NBA postseason history was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Will's favorite player, Will Chamberlain. Mm. So Tom Haberstroh started posting these wild Will Chamberlain box scores from his postseason history and from his imagination. Sorry. sorry yeah. Sorry, so sorry. I want to know from like the two of you. Points. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I want to know from the two of you. Uh, I guess I'll start with Will. Uh, there's one game where Will had 10 points, 38 rebounds and 10 assists. And mm. he was two of 17 from the free throw line in that game. He played 44 okay. minutes. He played 44 minutes, only took 10 shots. He was four of 10. From the field, only had 10 points, 
grabbed 38 rebounds at antenna assists. Will, do you think this actually happened? How old? This must have been when Will was like on the like, cusp can, of retirement, man. And you just picture, can you just picture the game flow of this? Like this the whole time I was like, what is the question going to be? Yeah, I was just wondering, like, is, what is the question going to be? The question is, is this just, real? Yeah. Um, <laughs> t- bro, t- do you say two of 17 from the from the free throw line? He was two of 17 from the free throw line. But he finished with a triple That sounds double. intentional. 10, 38, and 10. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, I'm calling cap on that one. That's just, I, I'm just having a hard time, like, imagine. That's like a, that's like a Reggie Evans career night. You know what I mean? Like, what is happening with that stat line? So, um, actually, you My, know what? I feel like Bismack Biombo did that in, in, in the Cavs series. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I think if you add up his series totals, that was his total. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, respect Bismack Biombo, man. Come on. I'm actually going to look that up. Orin, I, I, I guess I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I was going to say when you read out the satellite, it felt like, because apparently Will used to do stuff where he just like played his own game, right? Yeah, there was so one season. Mean, there was one, no, what there, does that mean? There was one, no, there was one season where he famously, I think, wanted to just lead the league in assists. So like yeah. he stopped scoring and he just became a passer. So so when you read out that boss score, I thought like, oh, he purposely missed the the free throws in order to have a ridiculous box score. But I don't know. No, but I guess I the thought. other thing too is like, listen, like we obviously none of us around to see Will, and that's why people like Will have like their doubts about like you know things that Will Chamberlain has accomplished. I guess my other question would be, which current NBA player? Do you think people are going to look at in a hundred years and be like, yo, this player was not real? Udonis Haslam. Sorry. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, Raptors head coach, Udonis Haslam. The guy that came to my mind is Zion, not because he's like really good or anything. Just not because he's in the news today. No, you guys might have oh. to explain that to me like I'm five because I don't get it. But uh, that, um, actually, it can only, you... that can only be explained to you as an adult, actually. So that's it's, it's actually so problematic that there's no way we can explain it to you yeah. on air without <laughs> also us being problematic. Yeah. So but let's move yeah. on. All I, all I will have to say is it seems like so you realize that Zion like had a um, like baby gender reveal, um, you know, one on social was like having a, a child and this is oh. my partner or whatever and you know it's a great deal it's like okay cool this is this is this is cool um congratulations and then the next today um there was an adult entertainer um okay. who had like a long string of tweets like we're talking about like 15 tweets um all about how um they her and zion had made plans and she yeah. was quite upset about this whole situation um and you're just gonna have to go to her timeline um no because i did see one of the snapchat conversations between her and zion and zion was just super respectful he was just like you can be my number one girlfriend when you're in new orleans (laughs) he's just like i just want to i just want to be honest with you and i was like oh that's that's a nice guy you're you're right yeah she seemed quite upset um, and I think this now makes it like at least three or four instances where Zion has sort of been publicly outed with like interest in somebody. I think there was like oh. a, like two years ago, there was maybe a year ago, there was also someone who who was I think this person was more of a civilian and maybe not in this particular line of work um, who was like, oh, my God, so embarrassing. Someone keeps texting me from Duke. And then they're like, oh, who is it? And then she showed her Snapchat and it was Zion as well. So 
I, I think Zion is just like, you know, a 22 year old and unfortunately yeah. has to live very publicly. And, yeah. you know, I, I think for 22 year olds at that age, um, this behavior is not too unlikely, but the fact that he is in the NBA and in the public spotlight is, uh, does kind of make it all kind of a little bit funnier, but yeah, that's a PG version. People still what, use Orn? Snapchat? Uh, apparently not. All right, let's just move on. Sorry. Snapchat <laughs> is still, yeah, I yeah. Know Snapchat, Snapchat is... is still a thing though. Like people because... are using Snapchat like this. Yeah. I don't want to get into it. It's because the messages disappeared. Anyways, Bismack Biombo was 10 of 16 from the free throw line. 2016 Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. How are you sending Bismack Biombo to the free throw line 16 times? (laughs) He was probably just flailing his arms after grabbing all those offensive rebounds, man. They were doing hack-a-mack? 62 (laughs) rebounds in that series, man. Exactly, man. Including one of those games he had like 22 or 26 rebounds or something like that. And it, like, tied him with, like, Hakeem, I think, for the most rebounds in a finals game. Yeah, and then who was it who paid him Who paid him the big money? Was it Orlando? Orlando. It either, yeah, yeah, Orlando. Gave yo, remember when Orlando was like, yo, I got something for you. Here is a Serge Ibaka, Bismack, Biombo <laughs> front court with Aaron Gordon as our lead playmaker at three. Like, bro, what, what, what were they cooking, man? That was horrendous. No, that was the most expensive How Hungry Are You 2 episode run ever, man. <laughs> Because Serge got <laughs> traded like to Toronto right after that. Yeah, like they played like half a season together. And Serge made a game winner in that team, by the way. His actual first ever guess on how hungry you was Bismack. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. He fed oh, him. Oh uh, man, uh, the tongue. <laughs> yeah, he did oh, feed him the tongue. Yeah. I don't know no, why he... it's so funny when you phrase it like that. He, he fed him the tongue is also on those Snapchat messages <laughs> oh, that Zion <laughs> received. Yeah, or yeah. so just to explain the three questions yeah. again, I basically throw stuff out there and then the conversation just goes places. It's not a question, yeah. really. Yeah, these like just... it's these are just things that are thrown into the air. Yeah. So next yeah. one, you know, we've been keeping track of the celebro at the NBA finals. And, mm. and famously, right. you know, the most famous celeb that showed up in Denver the first two games was Ken Jeong. Um, I would argue was, Adam Silver is, is is more famous than Ken Jeong. But yeah, let's just Adam move Silver on. was was number two and having a great time pretending to hold, be hold a on, human. Hold on, hold on, Orin, do you find Ken Jeong funny? Don't this worry, is not AAPI, a trip, I promise you. API month is over, so you can actually say whatever you want. Oh, uh, you know, I did find him funny in like the yeah, like the Hangover. Okay, fair, fair, fair. I did, but like ever since then, I can't say it. No, right. no, not really. Okay, 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 okay. That's acceptable, Dory. The, the um, novelty wore off. So Trust me, we, we are not fans, Dory. This is not a test. Uh, we actually yeah, just yeah, are no, haters. You're, Orin, you're good, bro. Um, there's no yeah, question. Yeah, I support the community. So this okay. is just a statement. The celebs tonight was way more star-studded. DJ mm. Khaled was waving towels. J. Another Cole, one. J. Cole was courtside. Future mm. was there as well. G Easy, mm. Magic Johnson mm. was sitting with Dwayne Wade. I know Will mm. will appreciate these. Uh, Neymar was there. Yep, um, yep. Paul Pogba, which I believe when I ran into Orn on the weekend, he was wearing a Pogba <laughs> jersey. Oh, was, 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 was there. Wow, wow. Um, United yeah, legend yeah. Paul Pogba. Sh- Shakira. Yeah. Oh, Chris Tucker Winner of the there, European dude. Trophy, Paul Pogba, the Europa Chris, League champion. Chris Tucker of Rush Hour and, and Air was was also there so gotcha. Shakira looked different Shakira, really? she's yeah her yeah what, what was that, different yeah. about Shakira man her hair I, I, think. Love how, just... I love how this whole segment is just trying to get Orn to say something that gets <laughs> him in trouble <laughs> <laughs> no I just I was like oh that's what Shakira looks like now 
Okay. The straight, you're talking about the straight hair, right? Because I have mostly seen her with wavy hair. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She just, I don't want to get into the politics of her hair, but, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm just, we're just <laughs> noting a change. Um, no, I, I thought, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this is Miami, right? So, like, there's going to be more famous people just around generally. Like, I don't <laughs> It's people, just pretty funny just... to go from Ken Jong to this, man. <laughs> Like it all the stars funny. came out tonight. Like Messi, oh, did Messi make it to Miami yet? What's going on, man? Maybe he'll be there sure. for Game Four. That one is still TBD. It's so funny because Messi at this point is like clearly in decline. I'm, I'm sorry, Messi fans. He just is right. But like, What's obviously, Messi, won the World Cup and in, all that kind of in, stuff. In basketball terms, like Messi is in like what phase of like LeBron's career right now? Laker, Laker, LeBron. Like this LeBron and, and, right and he, now. Yeah, and and this is like 2020 Laker LeBron who just won the title, mm. right? But like that's he, he never really adapted to PSG, and then which to be honest he didn't even want to go to PSG in the first place. Barcelona just had all these financial issues, so he had to go there. Essentially, they was like squeezed out of the salary cap, like whatever, blah blah blah. Um, so now he's leaving PSG, and it's like okay, but everyone still wants Messi. So Barcelona wanted Messi to come back, mm. and they they were really salty that he didn't choose to come back. Um, and then obviously there's also this the Saudi approach where they were offering him like 1.5 billion dollars over three years, billion. We talking billions? Yeah, I don't understand. And, and, and Messi was just like, "Nah, I'm good, man. I'd rather play MLS in Miami because it's closer. To, it's closer to home for him. Obviously, he's from Argentina and stuff like that. So more comfortable." Well, why would you want to go to Saudi Arabia? A one point you know? five billion. That's, it's a that's lot the of. There's a lot that comes with going to Saudi Arabia to play soccer. Like I wouldn't really want to do that either. But mm. I don't understand why they're offering him so much money if they know in like two years he's going to be pretty bad. I Doesn't mean, even I matter. Mean, I mean, they're trying to do sports washing. I don't. I don't think they're trying to make the yeah. best uh, team or or it's even a draw like, right now for them, man. Also, yeah. like, why is the team called Inter Miami? Man, are they just trying to knock off these like European names? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not real, man. The f- the funniest thing is there's a team in Salt Lake City, and it's called Real Salt Lake. No, man. Like, is there any meaning <laughs> though, or did they just like knock it off? No, nah, they just knock no, it off. It's just, yeah, it's just that's what they do. Soccer man. clubs. The worst part about Messi coming to the MLS is that we no longer get like European broadcasters calling Messi games. You know, there's no more like oh, I'm Messi, sure Messi, 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 sure. Messi. I'm sure they'll they'll bring them over. Like, Here's Messi with the ball in the center court. You know, like it's really gonna get a downgrade from from the great, the great broadcast. Oh man, so he's he's gonna be coming to Toronto for like what next yes. season or whatever? Then yeah, oh, I'm, man. I'm already I'm yeah. I'm already asking Zoe for tickets, man. I don't care. Oh yeah, we need that TFC <laughs> plug, man. No, nah, that's crazy. That. Damn. Um. Damn. No, I, now I'm just imagining like um, uh, American broadcasters like Mark Jackson calling a Messi game would be no. sick, man. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Jackson had one bar today though when he was like, "Yeah, they also used to have two broadcasters call the games." That was funny. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was pretty funny. This was when Van Gundy. What was Van Gundy complaining? He was complaining about some rule change again. Probably Christian Brown's name or something. No, he I was think. complaining about back, back, in the, back in the day they didn't have three pointers. Oh, he was, no, he, he said was, you should get an assist when you get a when you when, when the guy gets a free throw. Free throws. Yeah. Can we all agree on that? He said no. No, <laughs> Jeff, he's like, Jeff Van Gundy also at the start of the finals pitched the idea of if a guy gets fouled, he doesn't have to shoot free throws. Like you just give him the points. Oh, he's oh like, that'll, like he's ha- like, that'll his way to speed up the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff actually don't hate some of those ideas. I don't hate some of his ideas because free throws are the biggest thing ruining the game to me. But but you should general, also no, shoot your free throws. He, yeah, he went too far yeah. with that. 
But that was funny from Mark Jackson. You know what? Having seen the playing game for the Raptors, I agree. You should just get the two free throws when you got fouled. <laughs> should get the two points, no, like, man. What he said was crazy. He said until like the last five minutes of the game. But I don't know. There, there might be a way to do it. Like, no, there's, know. there's not a way to take. No, away. Man, just shoot the free throw. Can man. we disagree? No, I like free throws as like a pause in the game for for players to just like catch their breath a little bit, do a little weird stuff, see like yeah, different camera shots. Like J.R. Smith will untie someone's shoelaces. Like, you know what I mean? Like just some random stuff happens. Yeah. Like, it I, I like it just as like a pause. Much. Yeah. It would change too much for the players. Cause they rely on it for sure for like a break and to set their defense and stuff. But as mm-hmm. a fan, it does happen too often for my life. But how short is our attention span? We can't even wait for two, two free throws. I don't know, but when I watch like soccer or hockey and it's just a constant stream of play, like like a whole period or like a whole like half, it's like, wow, this is exciting. But do, do people complain about football, like having too many stoppages, like American football? Oh, yeah. Because yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. American yeah. football, I can't even watch it. Football, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I can't watch I, it because okay. of the stoppages. Gotcha, I will gotcha, say, yeah. though, the flow of this series has been great. Like, I feel like the games have been great. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's been these great stretches without like, you know, the, like, has there been one controversial like review replay thing? I mean, I think Van yeah. Gundy want, wanted, wanted Jamal arrested when he threw that elbow with under yeah. two minutes oh, left. Really oh, he's like, oh, that's a flagrant. And I'm like, bro, all no, you guys you do is talk about how like. You can't review every elbow, though. Sometimes that's cool. just the action yeah. that's happening on but, the court. I thought they were firmly on the side of like, oh, I want basketball back in the day. Like, you know, I don't want any flagrants. I don't want any fouls. Like, that's just a play on. Like, I thought they were like on the tougher side of things. <laughs> no, so when they wanted I... to call the police on Jamal Murray for breaking out of a double team. Yeah. Like, what? Anyway. Since they're in the same building, I need that Cadigo hang on to Alonzo Morning's leg again. Oh, they wow. need they to recreate are... that. Yo, they're in the same building. Yo, damn, there's... I never took that in. Yo, there's a couple off days, man. Let's make that happen. Okay. Um, all right. Question slash observation number three. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's been a lot of just off season stuff trickling in now during these off days. Um, you know, I think Ben Simmons posted a, a photo of him working out mm. um, in the gym earlier this week. Uh, Dame was on some kind of interview yesterday. Once again, talking about wanting to win in Portland uh, before entertaining every single hypothetical trade to um, every other team. <laughs> So I want to know, um, these are two of my favorite NBA offseason tropes because we see this every summer. We mm. see Ben Simmons working out. We see Dame talking about wanting to win in Portland. But if there's another option, we could entertain it. So I want to know what's your favorite NBA offseason trope that just comes up over and over again every offseason? It, it used to be DeMar DeRozan shooting threes and us getting excited mm. about it. There was one time I think DeMar posted like, classic like nba player workout it was like 3 a.m in the morning and he took a picture of like the shooting machine where like it you know it rebounds for you and then shoots the ball back out to you and then it records how many makes he made and it was like he like took a late night photo of it and it says 64 percent from three and i was and I, everyone was like yo he's gonna come back with the three games gonna be different and i'm like yeah i, I can't come home to my parents showing 64 no offense but like you're also we're 64 wide open in, in the gym 64 in a workout environment i don't know man that's yeah no because we know that when the machine is involved it's not like a coach is rebounding for you there's not like a flyby contest there's not like a hand in your face like we're talking about just straight like david buster style like the ball's coming back to you and you're shooting it again so 64 to me is like you know i need to see like because i've seen steph like and not to compare steph and demar's three-point shooting because obviously that's ridiculous but i've seen duncan robinson shoot like 
88 out of 100 for, mm. for threes. So to no, see 64 I, was a little disappointing, um, no, I like, regardless I like that of one. DeMar's efforts. I think the general trope, overall trope of just like ex-NBA players suddenly like discovers a three-point shot in the offseason. Because I remember there was one summer when Andre Drummond was getting hyped up too because I think he posted some videos mm. of him shooting corner threes. So that's a really good one. Orn, do you have a favorite NBA offseason trope that comes up over and over again? Most of the ones are like ones that like make me really angry, like mm. Ben Simmons stuff, like or like James Harden and stuff. Like it just like makes me angry and makes me shut down Twitter. So I mean, we never really see James Harden in the gym posting a gym photo in the off season. No, we? we see James Harden. Like, what does James Harden want to do? Oh, where is he gonna go? It's like that's no. Stuff, it, it, there's that, and then you also see James Harden in a wild outfit getting a gift from Little Baby, and it's just <laughs> oh yeah, didn't even give that's him true, cash last true. year. Yeah, that's Which, crazy, man. No, that's great, man. I don't that's a Rich that Person's stuff. gift card. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, I like that's that stuff. No, but the one that actually makes me happy is like the random Giannis like interview that he'll do, and he'll just be like, he's just like the best guy, and I like he'll just be like, yeah, I uh, like after they won the championship, his summer was golden, just like all all mm. his little like going to eat fast food, and like today he tweeted about like. If, if they're looking for a goalie in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> like he wants in on the billions, so he'll go. So Giannis, like appearing out of nowhere in the summer just to bring like levity to the league is my favorite thing. Uh, by the way, on that topic, um, how, how long do you think um, it'll take for Saudi to, to, to show some interest in basketball? Because, um, you know. I don't. I don't understand what's going on over there, so I can't comment. Like, I don't understand the money no, and the it's politics. Kind of, it's kind of crazy what they're doing with sports, especially obviously with the with the PGA stuff this week. Like, you can. But definitely- is it real money? As far as money can be real, you know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it is it money that they legit oh, yeah. like have? Or well, it's obviously, money. they are not lacking in money, man. You know how rich the, the petrol states are. It's unlimited money for them, man. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm like wondering, like, right? Because like, I was like, are they like, you know, like getting loans to do this? No, oh, no, sorry. not at all. Not at all. Don't worry, man. We got you. Um, I'm trying to think of... Oh, yeah. My other off-season trope that I don't like is uh, Daryl Morey will always sign a role player. And then oh, that yeah. role player will get hyped up as, like, the difference maker. So Right, right. Who do you think that's, that's, my least, that's my least favorite off-season trope. Who do you think the role oh, player yeah. will be? It's going to be like, yo, the Sixers got Kyle Anderson? It's over, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know, and it's usually not. And it's not even as good as Kyle might be Anderson. Over. It actually might be over if they get Kyle Anderson. No, no, no. You, you, be, no, 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 bro. Get out of here, man. You know, they already no, got, he's good. You know, they already got the guy that they're going to hype up. It's Nick Nurse, man. Like Nick Nurse, yeah, Nick on, Nurse man. is their acquisition, man. But last Why year, Morgan Anthony Nurse Melton... make the perfect X's and O's duo. You know, it's gonna be like that. Mm. No, but it's like you're no describing team. half the blogs on the internet, by the way, Orin. You know that. Yes, half the blogs, ninety okay. percent of the YouTube videos, but one hundred percent of the TikTok. Ever since Maury got Shane Battier, every time he signs a role player, that role player is supposed to. Okay, start. but Shane Battier was heat. That was a good signing. I know though. Shane Battier was heat. I'm sure getting PJ Tucker was heat. The Anthony Melton was heat. Like, but I so I, he yet, melted. No, Sorry. but I've yet to see one of those guys swing a championship because Daryl Morey has no titles. <sighs> yeah. So like, they, um, do you guys think? Uh, do you guys think Harden and Nurse is gonna work out? I don't um, think. I don't think you're gonna see them together, man. So let's let's go to this. We're jumping to sort of topics. Okay. One of them. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Them, I, I got not my more, podcast. Not my podcast. I, I got. I got one more bad off season trope. One more trope. Okay. Yeah. Um. 
a player doing something in like a practice setting or like an open run, like let's say Rico Hines, like mm. let's say like mm. like let's say like Scotty takes a pull up three and Rico Hines, and yeah. then like that one 10 second video gets clipped and then everyone like reacts to it which i don't think there's any harm in this by the way like I, there's actually nothing harmful but it's sort of just like the people that really buy into like oh so my pick god up, pick up this run is over reaction is yeah and it's, it's not just about scotty like we've seen this for like you know no, but that's the one Gary. that we we've most commonly see Delano, jeff downton you know what i mean all christian no, this guy's warding off the scotty haters so quickly man no, this no, guy no, just so- listed the rest of the raptors roster <laughs> <laughs> no, one of, one of my funniest things last year was, like, people were tracking, like, you know, Christian Coloco is always with the starting unit, and his plus-minus must be really good Ooh, in those. And I was like, all right, I remember man. that one. Enough, I man. Also, Corner threes oh, from man. Christian Coloco. Like, you know what? Mm. Like, it's cool to see that. It oh, really yeah. is. And I want to see them work on it. And there's nothing negative about it. But to me, I'm just like, we can't jump too far on this. Like, I think last summer was, like, the official end of just, like, watching Rico Hines and getting super excited about it. Like, yes, we can get some retweets and likes off of it, some mm. engagement, but realistically, like, I'm going to have to wait and see. Like, I'm not believing anything that I see there to be permanent in terms of their actual NBA production. That's all. No, that, that's, that's my fair. biggest pet peeve. That's actually my biggest pet peeve. No, that's fair, uh, I think. So yeah. you're saying if, Pete, if Paul George goes to the run this year and tells the Raptors they're going to start 8-2, and two, you're not we're not clipping that we're not gonna buy into that i mean honestly we're gonna be down so bad that's gonna be our, our lead topic for our podcast in august I i'm can't gonna be believe, calling you in korea i can't believe like, you support podcast p when this guy really lied to us man he said oh you guys are so together this guy you know really what? Said, yo this was this the guy. most not together raptors team ever no, but, but yo, Paul George was actually right because he was like, coaches, it's on you if they don't. And coaches are all gone. So it kind of was on them. That well, they Rico's still well. there. Relax. Rico's still there. And, and Jim yeah, but... Shout out to Jim Sand. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, the same man survived? Oh, shout out to the same man, man. Um, yo, come yeah. on, man. Everyone loves the sand, man. Anyways, let's mm. go. What else? Oh, coaching update. So, oh, according, oh, according to reports. This is from our guy, Aaron Rose. Uh, Sergio Scariolo had a second round of interviews with the Raptors on Monday via Skype, according to reporting from La Republica Bologna. The team will reportedly make a final decision within a week. So there you go. Um, any any reactions to this, Will? We're getting Italian reporters uh, that have more of a line into the Raptors thinking than anybody in stateside First or all, Canadian we side. From, like, come we're on, going man. from Zoom. Now we're doing Skype. Like, we got no consistency I'm, I'm, here. Are they recording getting, these? Like, how do these work, man? Yeah, I wonder if they get the the coach to do a backup recording. But <laughs> I'm uh I'm excited for I I know I'm convinced that the Raptors are just like doing this because they want to be different so bad. So yeah. they're just like we're not even gonna mm. interview the the American coach. Or maybe they're like, not. We a, didn't even or hear maybe Monty they're not a interview. very uh, efficient organization. I don't know. No, I, I think they just want to be different, and like okay. they went into the we coaching just, series. We're just gonna chalk like, everything up to being different. Interesting. No, no, I think the Raptors. I'm not saying it's a good thing necessarily, yeah. but I do think that it's different. Different isn't always good, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, they'll. Well, uh, I mean, like, if they're gonna hire me. anyone else, like, like obviously, there's all the other late. head coaching, like all the other head coaching positions are already filled. Mm-hmm. So whoever you want to get, like, you presumably you can just get right now. The only person you would really be waiting on would be Sergio. 
Like, I don't really think it's like, oh, they're going to come in and be like, okay, we're going to respect Chris Quinn because he's preparing for the finals. Like, we've seen coaches get hired, assistant coaches get hired in the midst of playoff series. Like, just recently, it's the last coach of the year, Mike Brown, with the Warriors. That happened mid, like, title run, right? So, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's going to be David Adelman. Um, So, like, yeah, if it's going to be Kenny Atkinson, who, you know, obviously the Warriors season has been done for a while, his name seems to come up more and more um, later in the search because I don't feel like that was one of the original candidates that people sort of listed. Um, you know, who else? Darko uh, from Memphis. You know, I mean, again, like if you want to hire Darko, I'm sure he'll sign tomorrow. You know what I mean? Um, but so the only person I could see waiting would be a guy like Sergio where, um, yeah, they did have a break in between the semifinals and the finals, but it, it would have been kind of awkward to see him just like leave his team on the cusp of the finals to do this interview. And, and it wasn't just be an interview. It'd be like, you reveal him. He talks to the media. He does a press tour. Like it's a whole thing, right? Like you don't just like say this, is our coach, and then, you know, go back right to Europe to, to do the, to do the coaching over there. So yeah, maybe they're waiting. Also, by the way, um, uh, now I'm, because I've done so much research on this topic. Now I actually know some of the, uh, I recognize some of the reporters out there. So mm. there's this guy, Alessandro uh, Luigi Maggi, who has been doing pretty good reporting over there in Italian that's basketball. A sick name, man. Alessandro Luigi Maggi. Yo, that's that is pretty good, man. Um, anyway, he has a South Park <laughs> avatar, but um, this is the, the statement too. that he got from uh, the, the, the virtuous Bologna CEO, Luca Baraldi. Uh, in regards to Sergio Scarrello, he said, quote, he's not flying in any sky. He's a great professional and he cares a lot about Virtus. He's aware uh, that we're playing a very important final. And I know how much it means to him, too. He's the first uh, to have great motivation. So essentially, he's like, yeah, he's not flying to Toronto to do your little job interview while we're on the <laughs> cusp of the finals, which honestly like yeah, I, respect, I, kind of I respect, respect the dedication to the job man bro imagine if your coach left the your team in the middle of the, you know the playoffs or the regular season to to interview for another position that'd be really be really irresponsible man so i get it i see you scratching your chin true. alex mm. this is why the video should be off so i don't want to <laughs> see you in a hat man because <laughs> this guy's capping right now <laughs> <laughs> oh man what did you just pull off your cap it was on a towel yeah i got like a oh man anyways here? no i think um yeah i'd be pretty surprised if it was not sergio scariolo at this point yeah so I it guess is kind of funny wait. too to be like here after seven weeks of scouring the entire earth we're like here you go you know it's sergio but yeah but this yeah. is still an out-the-box hire though like if oh, yeah, they absolutely. wanted to scour and find an out the box guy. So since you know the virtuous like Bologna schedule, um, so when mm. do you think when do you think it'll be a, like? I guess they could announce it anytime, but when is he available to actually come to Toronto? Okay, so uh, it's a best of seven, or it's yeah, it's it's a best of seven in the final. Oh god. Um, so uh, it's actually a, a rematch of last year's uh, league Liga A <laughs> or uh, League oh, A, man. sorry, final. Uh, between Futures Bologna and uh, Olympia, uh, Olympio Milano. Uh, mm. That's the team coached by Ettore Messina, who the Raptors actually interviewed back mm. in the last head coaching position when it opened up and Nick got it. Yeah, back or we broke down this. This is not the first time we've broken down this series. Uh, on the so uh, their first match uh, goes tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. If people want to watch, I have no idea how you would watch this. But, you know, if you, if you want to find it, you, you can find it. 
Um, and yeah, like the first four games, the assuming like Bologna sweeps, that will be June 16th. And you would assume that like he stays one day to celebrate. And I don't even know if he would do a parade, quite frankly. Well, I would, as- I would assume the announcement, obviously, if it's him going to come before that. Um, but I guess that would fit their timeline because the draft. Well, what's is the on point the, of what, announcing him? But you can't actually bring him into like literally your yeah, facilities and take photos and do the interviews and P- PR. Like, it. no, that's fair. But like, I mean, you could docu sign, I suppose. But you know, yeah, it's just kind of awkward. Well, the Raptors are such a different organization. They should just introduce him on Skype. They should just send every reporter, all of us, a Zencaster. Like, honestly, I, I wouldn't hate it. To be frank, I actually wouldn't hate it. But no, they should send us all on a plane to Italy. I agree. Yeah, that would yeah. Be nice. Yeah, I would but, love to okay, see how yeah, virtuous that Bologna really is. So that will that Sorry. will fit. That it's will like a historic fit. franchise too, by the way. I just want I to know, show my man. respect to virtuous Bologna. All right. Yeah, this ain't no Inter Miami, man. Come on, man. Um, yeah. It's not even Inter Milan. It's it's Olympia. No, I can't get it's over a, it's Real. Olympio Milan. Yo, Real Salt Lake is so <laughs> funny, man. Uh, <laughs> not the fake Salt Lake, man. What's the funniest city in America to get a Real, man? <laughs> Yo, a Real uh, Oklahoma or something? Wow, man. Anyway. Salt Lake City's already quite close to that. <laughs> no, Real Salt Lake City. Yo, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, because the draft is on, like, what, January 22nd? So, mm. I guess they're, they'll get their coach before the draft. Oh, man. Maybe. They're, I believe Game 7 is, is, is June 23rd, man. But, yeah. I didn't even realize how tight it was coming up on the draft. Are you upset that they it. missed out on some of these key assistants? Because I, I, I seen some people being like, man, we can't even get uh, David Fisdale. We can't even man, get People complain Sam about Pinsville. everything. That's not how it works. The coach picks the assistants for the most part. So you can't really... Well, if, you, if you had picked a coach already, then... He... Right, right. Sergio's okay, got his own crew, though. Yeah, I mean, he'll bring a couple guys for sure. Bro, do you think Sergio has his own Nate Bjorkren that he's bringing? Oh, man. I think every coach has it. By the way, has Nate Bjorkren officially signed in uh, in Philadelphia? <laughs> I you was wondering what? the same are they, thing. But are they sneaking him in? Guaranteed he's consultant? going. Is he consulting? Guaranteed he's there. Uh, let, let me look it up, man. I actually, yo. I feel like it'd be pretty big news if it was confirmed that, that he was there. That's his Greg, man. No, I'm, I'm yeah, waiting. no, he's I'm going. Waiting. He's waiting. going. He's going with him, bro. I searched up Nate. I searched. I searched up Nate Bjorgren. The first tweet I see is from Alex Wong. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, man? This is a 2021 oh, uh, no. June June 9th, 2021. Nick Nurse and Nate Bjorkren reuniting this summer to game plan a 50 point win over the Pacers, and it's two infants hugging each other. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah. Oh, this is, oh, 249 this is when, likes. This is when Jake Fisher uh, dropped the bombshell article of, mm. of Nate Bjergren's management style in Indiana, which uh, followed by, by Nate Bjergren being let go. And, yeah. and then he came back as a he came back as a consultant. They really buried oh. him with a job title, man, which is pretty funny. Those, the, the second tweet is also an Alex Wong tweet. Oh, God. This is from uh, June 20th, 2021. The Pacers fired Nate McMillan and put his playoff record in the press release. And now he's in the conference finals. And Indiana had to r- run Nate Bjorgren out of town a year after. 2,229 likes. Oh, man. Love the numbers. By the way, I forgot to read my tweet of the night. Um, this actually had nothing to do with the game. It's from uh, Barbara Streisand. 
Um, so oh, yesterday good. she tweeted, uh, Trump is going to be indicted for stealing classified documents. He's going crazy with his tweets, urging, urging his cult to fight. We remember what happened on January 6th. And then he, she ended the tweet with, quote, the strong are quiet. The weak start riots. Rapper Memphis Bleak. So she quoted Memphis oh, Bleak no. from hmm. 1-900-Hustler. So I was very, wow. I was very tripped out. She sounds like a conspiracy theorist. Um, so one of my questions I've always had, and I don't hmm. think any of us are equipped to By the way, Memphis but... Bleak is uh, Jay's Nate Beergren. So there you go. Damn. All right. Was yeah. he in the pound cake verse where he was like, yay, made millions and made millions, whatever, blah, 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 made millions. Oh, yeah, just made was, millions, yeah. What, what, was he listed in that or not? Because if not, no, then he's, I, not, he's not his name. No, 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 but he famously said as long as I'm alive, he's, he's, a, he's a millionaire, though. He did say uh, that on, right, on, on Diamonds. So, so um, I'm pretty sure Bleak is taken care of. So my, my question with this, and again, none of you guys are equipped to answer it, but maybe you guys have a clue. And so it's just like, I think I understand how like rap music hits with like younger people. Oh, I thought but this was for, a Sergio Scariolo question. No, for people who are like 50 and above, like how does it hit for them? You know what I mean? Like how does rap music affect Barbara Streisand or like how does she like, you know, absorb it? How old is Barbara I, now? Like I think 70? she just I think she just hears like random songs. Like well, how well, random you got to get to hear a Memphis Bleak song, man. I mean, that was a Jay-Z think, song technically. Okay. Yeah, I think old people people. like old rap, right? Cuz rap is so like generation specific. Okay, so it makes sense to me that yeah, that's no, not you... that old rap though. Come on, that's like Alex Generation rap. We're, we're talking about Barbara no. Streisand, man. Right. Barbara Streisand so. is eighty-one years old. Yeah. Oh wow. So that's what I'm saying. There. Like, yeah, she's getting up there. But but yeah. like you said, we are not equipped to answer that question. Um, okay, all right. It's very apparent. Do your parents listen to rap? No, no my parents don't know a single rap song. Do your parents know a single yeah. rap song? Ronald probably does. Yeah. You know, um, my parents know like a Drake song, but like not like not well. So my parents don't know Drake at all. Um, but They've my parents—I don't think so. I'm, I'm not even kidding. This is not like <laughs> that's they, wild. First off, they don't even listen to music, so this is like a whole different thing altogether. Oh. Um, okay, all my dad it. does is listen to Chinese political debates on YouTube mm. uh, with headphones in, walking around the house all day. Alex, yeah, you, I, know, I know you immediately said mm, like you know mm. the vibes, all right. Yeah, his 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 auto suggestions on YouTube. I took his phone once to to cast a video on YouTube, and I was just like, "Man, Dad, are you are you okay? Like, it's 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 gonna be. F- I don't want you to care about Taiwan this much, but no, regardless, I feel like, yeah, I feel like my dad gets into those rabbit holes. Too. Exactly, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. But um, the one song they kind of know that it's like it's not even rap. It's hip. It, it's a R and B. Um, as a kid, I used to always love singing. I don't want to know by mario winans while we drove around oh. in the car and we listened to like um you know the radio at that time and i love that song no that's and so my mom kind of knows some of the lyrics to i don't want to know by mario winans that's, that's the fun. closest they'll get to knowing a rap song i, I wish i wish nick i wish nick stayed man mario, mario winans would have been a good nick nurse foundation guest as well to, to really? follow up neil yeah but i think but i'm pretty sure that's the only song I'll give you. Actually, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you twenty dollars right now if you can name me three Mario One and songs. I can't off man. the top of the dome. I can't even name you more than one, man. But like, I want to hear that one though. Um, okay. All right. all right. Next segment before we get to the basketball reference game. Like you mentioned, Oren James Harden um, is usually in the news during the off season, and off season has once again started early for James Harden because he got bounced in the second round. 
and it was reported this week that he is torn now between returning to the Sixers or signing with the Houston Rockets. Um, Oren, what do you think uh, James Harden is staying up late at night being torn up about at the moment about this decision? I think it's, do I want to try hard for one more year under Taskmaster Nick Nurse? We'll call him Taskmaster <laughs> to be nice. Or or is it over for me and do I just want to chill in Houston? You know, I, I think if he does go to to Philly, like on a serious note, it's going to be like a one plus one. Actually, maybe he would just sign. I think he's looking. I think he's looking for money, man. I think he's looking. That's a one plus one. But but my thing is, if he did sign a long term deal in Philly, he would not last it out. You know, like he would Mm -hmm. request a trade because I don't like. I asked the question earlier. I don't see Nick Nurse and James Harden getting along for more than maybe one season, and even one season, I think it would be a little tight. Yeah, but that's just not the type of coach that I could see James Harden like riding into the sunset with. And it seems like James Harden is at a place where he's pretty close to riding into the sunset. Otherwise, why would he consider Houston? Mm-hmm. So that's that's because because Houston's trying to win, man. Apparently, Tillman Fertitta is ready to go after every single free agent. Per Jake Fisher, Rocket, oh, yeah. I love turn, this one. Ro- Rockets are going to turn to Raptors free agent guard Fred VanVleet. If uh, James Harden stays with the Sixers and Houston is also expected to be in on Brooke Lopez, Cam Johnson and Dylan Brooks. Yeah. James Harden and Dylan Brooks go in a title. Yo, they're, they're acting like $60 million is like $600 million, man. Like you're not signing all those people. Um, I think it really just comes down to like, was this all um, a, a leverage play from James Harden to get, the Rockets to pay him the full max because last summer that was the Rockets or that that was um that was the Sixers like chance to pay him the full max, but famously he was like no let me take this like lower deal and then we can tamper so we can get you know PJ Tucker and Daniel House which is still the funniest tampering man like tampering used to be like uh the Raptors got an extra pick because of Chris Bosh going to the Heat you know like that's tampering you know but like. Tampering should not be PJ Tucker and Daniel House. First off, who was even in on Daniel House? But like, the, you know, his Philly, name is spelled differently, by the Dan, way. Daniel, yeah, yeah that's a bit, yeah. that's a bit strange. Um, but like, you know, that was their chance to pay Harden the the big money, and they they chose not to. So I don't really see a scenario where Philadelphia is like, um, yes, Harden, we are very happy to give you your full max after you took that discount last year. However, um, you know. I think Houston genuinely will give him that money. So I, I think honestly for James, like I'm sure he wants to be competitive. I, obviously you don't just work just for the money itself, but if there was one player that I truly believed would just kind of take the money and go, it would be Harden. And yeah, his no, family I, seems to still be in Harden. Obviously his lifestyle is more accessible in Harden or in, in, in Houston. No, in, it's got call uh, Houston Harden, real Harden right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's almost 1 a.m. It's late, again. It's late, so. No, nah, man, we've been doing this almost every day. Um, yeah, I think he's going to Houston. Like, like, I think the decision is made. I don't know why there's this like public posturing yeah. that he's torn. Like even like the way Nick was, when he was asked, when he was pressed many times at his intro presser mm. about James Harden, like you're not speaking. He wasn't speaking like, a coach who 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 thinks that James Harden is going to be back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, wasn't the Houston Rockets search like partially because like 
I think they were asking their candidates like how would yes, you coach per, Harden? Per Keith Pompey, um yeah. the the Rockets, um every person that they interviewed, they asked how um was asked about how if they would be open to coaching Harden mm-hmm. and and how they would coach. That's why on, on as an aside, I always thought that email quote about not wanting to join a team that was stuck in the middle was so ridiculous because it was so clear from the get-go that Houston was going to quickly add veteran talent at all costs and they were not rebuilding anymore and and so the the idea that he was like i want a young team i don't want to go with one of these middling teams i was just like that's just a lie man like you knew you're getting james harden in a month so stop stop that's why that's why i never take what coaches say at these pressers you know that that yeah. seriously. And I forgot mm-hmm. Ime Udoko was there. This guy took a job six weeks before all the coaches' openings came up, man. Oh, but... this guy said yes instantly. There was no negotiation. Like it wasn't like, you know what? Can we get a little bit more? Can we get an extra week of vacation? You know, like what about the health packages? You know what I mean? Like let's talk about exclusivity. Let's talk about all any anything. Like no, it was just this is the salary and I'm going to sign yes. Listen, we don't, we don't know the full details of what happened in Boston, but I swear if he may didn't take that Houston job, the way Joe, Joe Mazzula, AKA Joe Provolone, AKA Joe cheese was moving in the playoffs. We mm. would have gone at least a 24 hours of, of a news cycle of should the Celtics bring back eBay. Yeah. By the way, do you think, cause the Raptors were linked with email. Like I would say even heavily linked with email, considering after Nick nurse got let go, Woj's mm-hmm. immediate next tweet was, you know, email, you know, cause a strong candidate. And it's not to say that Woj has everything right, especially when it comes to this kind of coaching search. I think we've seen sort of bricks, you know, here or there. But, like, do you think that kind of threw off the Raptors' head coaching search? Like, mm, I think if they really oh, wanted Ime, I think if they yeah. really wanted Ime um, and, and stepped up and made an offer, like, or something, like, something would have happened. But it seemed like the Raptors were pretty hell bent yeah. on going through this search process. Like, they didn't, they didn't, they they didn't want to just, like, zero in on one guy. It seemed like they really, yeah. at some point, decided mm. that they were just going to like scour the whole world that's fair that's yeah, fair i agree would you if they had scoured the whole world and hired email like would you guys have been happy with that i suppose no one would really know yeah from what i know sure i guess but... we'll never know no yeah, i guess yeah. we'll never know <laughs> this guy hit no. me with the kanye that's crazy no but, right. no, but it, it, you're right though because it did seem like right when the you know nick nurse firing happened and stuff like there was a reality where the Raptors would have just turned around and like named Ime Udoka as their head coach. Like I think mm-hmm. that was like some circles where people were expecting that. Woj yeah. was pushing that very hard. Yeah, yeah, he was. So yeah. no, that's interesting. Um, so James Harden, where is he gonna be next year? Houston. Yeah, I say Houston. That'd be my guess. I still buy Houston, but I do see Daryl Morey trying his very best to like. Oh, turn he's that gonna into a try his trade. best, man. No, it's gonna somehow be a four-team sign and trade. Oh like, my god! I already it's know not it's gonna, gonna be because that's just the way Jane. Uh, that's just the way like Mori operates. That's how they're, like, no, that's how they're gonna this. land. Yeah, that's how they're gonna land like their role player of of of, of the off season. Like that's they're gonna, they're gonna, gonna get, get, like, yeah. they're gonna get Kyle Anderson or Jada McDaniels from the Wolves. Mm. They're gonna like, be like, wow. Uh, I, I don't even know I, who's I, even good from Houston. This I is any say- player in Houston like rotation player material for a playoff team like like Philadelphia. Um, Shengun. Like he's a no. like yeah no I'm sure yeah. A few. no he's defensively he's so bad man. Sengun no. could play in a rotation. He can play. just not start. Like, he's not gonna get yeah, benched. He can play. He can play. You know what? I, I I did see Cody Zeller and and Udonis has on my TV today. So 
I hear you, but at the same time, I, I feel like coaches are going to be reluctant to play Shangun defensively right now in a playoff series. It's just funny if Houston, like, it sounds like they're hell-bent on having one of those off-seasons where it's like, it's like, you know, when the New Jersey Nets, like, spend all that money on, like, Travis Outlaw and all these guys that you've never heard of. Like, I feel like mm. that's what Houston's doing. Jay Sean Tate. Yeah, like, like they're... Okay, yeah, Jay Sean Tate. I yeah, believe. okay, Jay Sean Tate. But they're locked in. But Houston's locked in on just spending this money no matter what. Like, yeah. it, it just depends on which players they're going to get. And I don't th- I because think... Because they gonna owe just- their pick next year. Yeah, but... So it- they have to go all in. So now they're just going to be locked into this roster where for sure they're going to have, like, three contracts where they're overpaying people. Like, that's yeah. that's just what's going to happen. And it's just... If they just pay goes hard back- in the max, max But this just years. goes back to bad ownership, man. Like, that's like... Wild. Like they're just I'm afraid of what's going on in Phoenix. Speaking of bad ownership, there are some alarming signals coming out of Phoenix since that man took over. Phoenix, this was next up. So per Woj today, uh, Suns ownership and executives had a series of conversations with Chris Paul and his reps about his future, including the possibility that he could be waived by January 28th when his contract becomes guaranteed um if he's waived only 15.8 of his 30.8 million dollar contract next season is guaranteed um and the suns reportedly plan to explore trade opportunities with paul and deandre ayton um ahead of a final decision on chris paul's partially guaranteed contract so he could be traded he could be waived i think he could be waived and he could come back on a lower amount um thoughts on this also chris paul in an interview yesterday said that um uh at his daughter's school uh a little boy said uh your daddy's never gonna win no championship so that's that's the extra tidbit on this news uh Oren, uh, uh what are your thoughts on the situation in phoenix um it i don't know it seems like it got reported wrong at first so n- he hasn't actually been waived yet but I mean, they should bring back Chris Paul unless they can find a better point guard to replace him, which I don't think they can. So I think that would be a big mistake if they don't bring back Chris Paul on some sort of deal. But I was more referring to like during the coaching search, they they hired Frank Vogel recently. Oh, the mobile? And there was reporting that, that Devin Booker really wanted the assistant coach. I think his name is Kevin Young or something. Yeah, Kevin Young, highly coveted, and then they made him the highest paid assistant coach yeah. in the league. Which, yeah. But that, that seems like a but, David Blatt but, Ty Lue situation. You remember what that that exact same thing happened with David Blatt mm. and Ty Lue. And they made Ty Lue the highest paid assistant at that time. And then he eventually took over. Exactly. Like, it feels like it's just a matter of time. And and it came out that like, you know, the owner wanted a splashier name than that. So I don't know if that's true, but my only thinking and the reason I was a bit worried is because like the way they have now structured their team is that you have to do everything possible to keep Devin Booker happy. Mm. And I know that like ultimately winning a championship is that thing. And if you think Bogle's going to do that better than Kevin Young, fine. But I'm a, that's it's just like, man, whatever the owner is doing, everything he has to be doing has to be oriented towards Booker. If Chris Paul wants, if if he wants Booker back, sorry, if Booker wants Chris Paul back, then like make that happen. That's because fair. if this guy leaves you, Kevin Durant is getting old, Chris Paul is getting old, you could be really, really screwed soon. Yeah, they are very highly leveraged. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like I, I'd be really disappointed as a basketball fan if I didn't get to see this play out. Like I actually want to see what Phoenix looks like with this group. I, I really liked watching 
like just nothing else about the team, but just KD and Devin Booker playing together. Like it was so crazy to watch. It's probably the first time I've seen where KD like willingly became the second option. Like that's how good Booker was in these playoffs. So if, if they're not able to build on it, I'd be really disappointed. So, I mean, like obviously they're, they're trying to maximize like two years here. Um, but I actually do want to see how that goes. And also like, you know, there is also potentially a, a Fred Van Vliet angle here. Like, depending on sort of what you do with Chris Paul's contract and how you manipulate it. And I think if you outright waive him and then stretch the guarantee amount, you might be able to get yourself into like 26, 27 million in cash, which is still not that much. Like it's still less than what Fred reportedly wants, which is roughly 30. But at the same time, when you consider the fact that like Phoenix is very low state income tax versus like working in Ontario, like maybe 30 in Ontario is actually less than 27 in Phoenix, you know, whatever. I don't even know to be honest, but yeah. Um, but the thing with Fred is they still would have to do a sign and trade. They still won't have cap space, right? So is that who yeah. else is even on their books? They're still in the in the tax even with even uh-huh. if they do waive Chris Paul. So Raptors would have to play ball. Um, but I do think yeah, like that's a realistic landing spot for Fred. I would mm-hmm. I would think he would go there more likely than Houston. Fair. Yeah, fair. I don't know, man. What if Houston throws them all that money, man? Yeah, I don't know. Fred doesn't strike me as as the guy who would take a bit more money to go. Really? Okay. Does he really yeah. want to babysit uh, Jalen yeah. Green and the rest of that roster? After he he already didn't really like it that much. Just having to have like not not having to have. Sorry, like this. I I feel like careful, he talked careful. about the struggles that he had as a leader sometimes in, in balancing and finding his voice with this group with the Raptors being younger. So imagine you took like all the young guys off of Toronto, all the organizational pressures in Toronto, a new head coach, and you take a team that is essentially all lottery picks and pretty much an unserious basketball franchise. And you plop Fred in there. Like I actually think Fred will, he'd be so miserable there is what I'm trying to say. I mean, everybody has a price. Plus he also just went through a season on a middle middling team. So Maybe he, he gets this a pay raise bro. to be on the exact same situation. This is this there's a difference. And yeah, we're middling in Canada though. It's different. Yeah, at least you could do like what you know, his Uggs commercials and all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the Uggs what commercials are the opportunities are, in is Houston, the thing man. that's gonna swing it between Toronto and Houston. Gelato. Oh. They don't have gelato over there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They don't yeah. have, they don't they don't have Team Smooth versus Team Um groomed or whatever. Creamy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Team Creamy, know, nah. What what are no, you talking Orn, about, bro? Orn, Orn, Orn did Creamy. the, Orn did the about, definitive man? uh sponsored content interview, man. With, oh, that's uh, right. With Gillette. I remember you guys read it on the show and you just called Cap. You're like he didn't say this. No, because OG said <laughs> he tries to be team smooth, right? Hashtag. Okay, let me tell the story okay. real quick. So yeah. that, okay. let us okay, know how the sponsor content is made, please. No, I'll just tell you that direct quote because in the story, OG is like, I'm hashtag team smooth, yada, yada, yada. And you guys called cap on it. He did say that, but what, but we cut out what he said before. Basically, I was like, OG, do you, do you ever try to grow a beard? He's like, yeah, I've always tried. He's like, he's like, I've tried my whole life. It just never grows in nice. Like it always just grows in spotty. And then I'm like, so like you would have a beard if you could. And then he's like, yeah, for sure. Like, I want a beard, but I can't. And then he was like, but then he realized what we were doing. And he's like, but no, like for this, I'm team smooth. Like, I'm I'm like, uh, I'm, uh-huh. I like my hair smooth, smooth cheeks, smooth face. 
So that that's what happened. Mm. You know the Yo, how, what was the bag for this sponsor content, man? Let us know. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know the the other thing you have to explain. Yeah, just just, just write, write it on a piece of paper and show us or something, man. The, you don't have to say it on there. The other thing you have to explain because like we referenced it a lot during the season is I think you were in the media room when you ran you were ranting about how like you got to explain this because I think I misquoted Uh-oh. you about like um nba players being like uh like entitled millennials or like after the pandemic nobody wants to work and that's why and that's why like nba players don't work hard anymore so like (laughs) this guy said nba players gotta work from home culture (laughs) yeah so so like we were talking about like deandre ayn and all these guys and i would always bring up the orn theory that that like deandre ayn's like an entitled millennial like orn said Oh, bro. so so you oh, gotta be clear. Orn yeah. is like twenty six yeah. years old at most. Are you twenty six? Yeah. yeah, I'm twenty seven. Okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. So you are a millennial, but it remains no, to be no, seen no, if you're. Sure. In, in I relate to the theory, and it was just that coming out of COVID, everyone. Okay, let's take Scotty Barnes off season for example. Oh this guy, my god! Last off season, can we use a, can we use another example so they don't drop one star reviews for a will? It was, oh, it was his first off season in years where COVID wasn't really a thing. He's an NBA player. He probably wanted to enjoy himself. So my theory is just that coming out of COVID. Players might be spending a little less time in the gym and a little more time enjoying themselves, just like all of us did. Like there was a stretch where all of us like were like, okay, work's not everything. I gotta, I gotta, you know, my friends inviting me out. I'm gonna go because I had all these years inside because of COVID. I have no excuse now. Mm. It it gave us like a push to be more social and like I just feel like across the the job spectrum. People might be working a tiny bit less hard and enjoying themselves. Maybe not even anymore, but like this was back like the first season out of COVID. Okay. Um, All right. No, this, li- just, this lines up. This lines up because like the hardest working team in the league, the Miami Heat, are in the finals right now. So yeah. all these and other Miami guys didn't work COVID. hard. They didn't work hard enough. <laughs> so. um, yeah, and Miami never had COVID. <laughs> yeah, that theory lines COVID up. Over there. No, so. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad theory necessarily. It's Dang. just not a catch-all theory. We just apply it to DeAndre Aiden. By the way, like, what, happened to, what happened to Scotty streaming all the time? Remember he would do like four or five-hour streams? Like Someone definitely told him, like, stop doing this. Or or score 20 and do this. Yeah. Didn't he have it, a guy, it, didn't he have like a guy following him something. doing YouTube videos or something? Did he keep doing that? Yeah. Uh, also, mysteriously fell off a cliff. Okay, because I don't really it's follow really that bad idea. I don't follow stream that yourself that for that long. If you're a pro athlete, like you're bound to just say something that could get twisted and get in trouble for it. To be fair, he was he was pretty entertaining on those. Mm. Yeah, man, they, these guys have a hard life. Like for the most part, they don't do bad stuff, but it gets twisted, and then they mm. get in the news, and then yada yada yada. It's tough, yeah. man. It's tough. What about what Myers Leonard did? What he did. What are we doing, man? That, that's problematic. I'm only asking you because you're Jewish. I'm sorry. What are we doing, <laughs> yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, on to the basketball reference game. <laughs> so, Oren Weisfeld. Another game? Okay. So, what we do... Uh, uh, Bro, Will, there's do no have... basketball topics. All Bro, we gotta do is play yo. these fake games. All right? Will, like, do you don't have complain, a, man. Do you have players, you you have players prepared? Uh, I do have some players prepared. Are, okay. So, my, my question is, are you guys both going to do it? So, essentially, yeah, yeah, Oren, so... what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out a career... And then you guys are gonna guess um, in terms of who this player is. That's very simple. That's is it, it all time? 
Uh, no, so, so actually, I wanted to ask for your yeah. range. Like, when did you start following the NBA? Because I don't want to give you like recently. What? Recently. So, so pick like, some draft like years. 2010. So 2010 so draft and on, you're fine. Like players drafted oh. 2010 and on. Yeah, like. Oh, I'm gonna sure. have to. I'm gonna have to shuffle this entire thing, man. Well, give me a couple that I can just play. Why don't you give me one and okay. Warren can see it as an example. Okay, I got like you. Okay, okay. Works. All right. Okay. Uh, this player was undrafted. <laughs> Sorry, I always give you the oh, hardest on, ones, bro. No, it's all good. I give you the hardest ones. All right. This no, player was undrafted. Entered yep. the league in 1998. Yep. Played for two teams that season. All right, New okay. Jersey. New Jersey Nets for five games and then Cleveland for 17 games. Okay. All right. Next season, play for two teams again. Cleveland for 25 games and then Orlando for one game. This is 99-2000. He hasn't even established himself in the career yet, so don't worry too much about this. All right. Finally starts to get going. 2000 to 2002, he's with the Clippers. 2003, he's with the Warriors. 2003 to 2005. No, 2003 to 2007. He's with Denver, and at this point, he catches on, plays like 82 games, 82 games, 68 games, 68 games, et cetera. Um, then goes to Milwaukee in 2007, mm. gets traded there, plays 35 games. Then gets traded to Charlotte in 2008, plays mm. 36 games there, took a year off, came back stateside, 2010, played in Washington, then Milwaukee, then Houston for eight games in 2012 before retiring. Very yeah. memorable player, for a very specific reason. Very memorable player. Or do you have any idea who this is, bro? So no. it's also how- just so late that I feel like my mind is not going to get any. 2003 days, to 2007, he was in Denver. Mm, yeah, that's the and memorable portion. Yes. And you said he started games? No, he was mostly a bench player. Okay. Was he a big or a guard? He's a guard. He's a guard. Yeah, I don't know why I keep giving you these the hardest possible ones, man. Because I clear all the other ones. Oh, that um, damn. All right. All right, bro. Talk, um, talk your stuff. 2003, 2007. Clippers, Golden State, Denver. Man, this is a wild career, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Milwaukee, yeah, yeah. Charlotte. And he said he disappears and then comes back. Washington, Milwaukee, Houston. Yeah. I would say it's it's a legendary career because of how unlikely it was. Yeah, so 2003. All right, this guy's not going to take the hit. That's fine. No, I'm, I'm processing it. 2003. So Melo comes in 2003. Is this um, Earl Boykins? Bro, that's incredible. Yes. Yeah? Yeah? Yes. How did you know? Uh, I don't know. You told me he was a guard. I was just trying to think of guards. <laughs> oh, okay. All and right, the Melo cool. teams. No, because Melo right. went there 03. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. That's like that, that was good. I didn't was, think you were gonna get that. No, Arn, you're like, not familiar you with my shook. game. You look shook. Yeah. Bro, that's actually uh, kind of nuts. I thought that was really hard. Okay, what else? Yeah, I saw you were writing stuff down. No, I'm writing that's down crazy. the career when he's telling me. Yeah. So yeah, I have it all written down. This guy's going off. All right. Well, is Orn right. ready to participate right. or do you want me to give give me another one? What what no, what I, I, I got one from Orn, all right. So this is for Orn said Yeah, you said twenty ten onward. Okay. Yeah, that'll be my best. Because the hard thing show. is, I gotta find players that have already retired since then. So this player is currently retired, um, okay. but this player was the thirty fourth overall pick in the twenty eleven NBA draft. All right, starts his career in Washington, plays there twenty eleven to twenty thirteen. 
then gets moved to Philadelphia very briefly for four games. Then from 2012 to 2016 was on the Atlanta Hawks. Midway through the 2016 season, he gets traded to Utah where he plays two seasons, 2015 to 2017 in Utah, 2017-18 in Orlando. And then the next season splits his time between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Charlotte Hornets, which I don't remember him playing there whatsoever. Um, but yeah, that's that's the career. Washington, Atlanta, Utah, Orlando, Memphis. Did I name this player last time? No, no, no. Can I get a guard or a big? Off. It's 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 a it's a guard. It's a guard, and he spent the bulk of his career in Atlanta, right? In Atlanta, yeah. You know what? I'll even give you. It's a backup guard. <laughs> oh, you're so generous, man! All you nah, it's the first time backup. playing, man. You gotta give us something easier, man. I swear. I got, you know I got a I'm killer on. hint. I got a killer hint for you later. If you, if you keep needing more hints, but no, oh, I'm probably gonna need hints. No, try to, try to, pro- try to process it through, though, man. Let, let's see the process. <laughs> Oh, I just looked up this player. That's so dirty. <laughs> oh my god, this ain't fair. Man. How is this right, not fair? I'm not even gonna guess that. Give him a hint. Give him a hint. No, no, it's Can not. I give it's you the not problematic not hint. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, actually, the, the hint is actually this player led the Orlando Magic in assists the one season he played oh, there. Oh, Sheldon, Sh- Sheldon Mack? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, other yeah, hint yeah. I was going to give you is... Uh, I would not is, have gotten that if you didn't tell me that, though. The other... Well, yeah. the other hint I was going to give you was this is uh, one of your co-hosts on uh, the wrap-up. Oh, Sahal? Oh, yeah, Sahal. <laughs> Sahal loves referencing that season for some reason. Or or specifically the graphic that says that Bro, he led them. Yeah, because it was like 3.5 assists. I, I, I have know, a, I, know. I, I have a group chat with just Sahal and Assad, and I, I swear to God, once a week we will drop that image on Sahal in that group chat, so he can never forget. Yeah. All right, all right, Alex, it's your right. turn. How I, many I play- gotta... how many players you got overall tonight, man? I want to give oh, you guys you three just... each. All right, this, this, this you know, right, it's three easy. each. Wow, it's super each supersized basketball reference game. Six players tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's easy, man. Don't worry. All right, like, all right. Yo, yo Orn, right. for the next one, I'm going to join your team and help you. I'll be a lifeline. All right. All right. I got to make it harder then. All right, whatever. All right, it's fine. Sheldon uh, Mack's not hard. Sheldon Mack is not that, that hard, hard, man. What? No, come on, man. You wouldn't Bro, have gotten Sheldon Mack. I would have gotten Sheldon Mack, man. Actually, you would have gotten that specific player, but go on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This player uh, went 10th overall in 2000. Hmm. All right. So we're talking about an actual player here. 10th overall, 2000. Starts his career with the Clippers, plays four seasons with the Clippers from 2000 to 2004. Okay. 2005, plays for Miami. Shouts mm. to Heat Culture. Mm. Then 2006 to 2008, plays in Orlando, three seasons. Mm. Two seasons with the New Jersey Nets, 2009-2010. One season with Milwaukee in 2011. Boston in 2012 and Memphis in 2013 for seven games. Okay. Drafted 10th overall, starts on the Clippers, goes to yeah, Miami. Yeah, starts his career, but but not a starter with the Clippers, to be clear. Yeah, goes to Miami. He must have gone in that Lamar Odom. No, not Odom. Um, Miami. Orrin, do you have any idea? 
Do you know why we're know. keeping you on the podcast just so we can guess random players of basketball <laughs> reference? Is no. this um is this a guard? It's a great question. It is a guard. He was not on the Knicks at any point. He was not on the Knicks at any point. The closest he got to the Knicks was playing for the New Jersey Nets. He was on the New Jersey Nets in 2009. Yeah. My man was in the swamp. So he's a guard. Started in started with the Clippers. And then only goes to Miami for one year. He's in Miami for one year. Oh man, I got a, I got a sick one for you next, Oren. You're gonna love this one, man. This is like this is like Q Rich, Odom. Yeah, he on those teams. Yeah. Um, but he came off the bench for those teams. So he came off the bench for those teams. Oh, he was on Boston. Twenty mm-hmm. Oh. Keon Dooley? Yeah. No, nah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Yo, what? This is this your memory game. is really good. There we go. I would not think your memory is that. Oh, good. that is such yeah. a random player, man. Keon Dooling is no, crazy. People, people have been shocked at the results of this game. Or... Yeah, wow. Well. Or, or, I'm, I'm your lifeline. That's what we're playing. It's just so Alex can flex. No, we're no, going to work together. Legit. We're gonna work this guy, together. We'll, we'll talk about the NBA Finals. This guy will have no opinions. No opinions. But then, we'll, we'll, no but then I'll, I'll read out Kenyon Dooling's basketball reference page, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I know who that is. Man, Let's go. Unbelievable. All right, Oren, this one's for you, all right? Yeah, I'm working with him. Right. So 2009 NBA draft, picks, taken 23rd overall. Okay. Starts his career in Sacramento, plays two seasons there, 20, uh, 2009 uh, and 2010. Then plays two seasons in Cleveland, 2011, 2012. One season in Houston, 2013. Back to uh, Sacramento, 2014, 2015, 2016, then gets traded midseason to New Orleans, which honestly I do not remember if this person played for New Orleans because they only played one game there. Then 2016, no, 2017 plays in Minnesota, 2018 plays in Golden State, and ends his career recently, 2019, in Memphis at the age of 30. At the age of 30? Yep. Yep. This player's probably still playing, just, just playing not in the NBA. So they won a chip in 2018 with KD. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Uh, big man. Uh, yeah, it's a forward. Let's just say it's a forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I see his face. <laughs> I know this. Guess, I know this but... guy. I won't. I know. I know this guy. <laughs> I might DM it to Will right now, just to, just for the record. Yo, use me as use me as a lifeline, or no? Because I'm picturing his face. I like. I just okay. don't know what his. I just can't get his name. All right, just DM the answer to Will. Yep. <laughs> Alex already got it, man. <laughs> no, no, you know, video video is sick, man. Seeing this guy's nod was hard. <laughs> Oh man, I'm locked in tonight. Do you want to hit at all, or do you, you just want to think about it? No, he's he's like a European, right? Yeah, he's like a foreign. He has like a foreign name. It's definitely foreign. Yes, yeah, it's foreign. I just can't. Yeah, I feel like you know who he is, but you can't conjure up like the name or like the the like face. Either. Yeah. All right. How about this? 
How about I give you one clue? Alright. There's a reason I'm giving you this name. Is he Jewish? I can't say. There's a reason you're <laughs> no, This guy turns into Oprah, man. This guy's like, I can't say. <laughs> why, yo, why are you... Why are you cosplaying a daytime host, man? Is Orn, Orn, are you there? Are you stuck? What happened, man? This guy's Jerry Springer, man. <laughs> Yo, the video God, portion's I... the video portion's so funny because audio wise, Orn's been silent. Yo, I, I, Orn, are you actually there, bro? I think your video. I think you're stuck. Oh yeah, you did get frozen. Okay, yeah. we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna reconnect with Orn. That's uh, so but funny. For, for the listener listening at home right now. You know what? I'll, I'll t- we'll, we'll tell you after. You'll find out after. One second. We'll take a break. Okay. Uh, we've run into some technical difficulties, but we have temporarily gotten Orm back on the line. Um, unfortunately, during uh, the discussion that we had, uh, just getting everybody back online, you did hear the answer. Uh, it is indeed Omri Caspi. Um, who had this legendary Caspi? <laughs> Yo, please don't talk too loud. I feel like it's gonna knock your internet off again. No, it's not oh. an internet problem, but yeah, um, my bad, guys. I should have got that. Honestly, did, did... that's what I was picturing. He, he is, he, he has like a Latin flair, right? He, he has a Latin of... flair, bro. What do you, I, what does that I've even mean? I never man? thought that about this player ever before. <laughs> so. This guy, this, did you just call him Ricky Martin? What's going on, man? He got a Latin flair. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, yeah, No, he he looks big time Latin to me. You're telling okay. me he got an olive complexion? But, but is he, is he Jewish or did he just, oh, he is Israeli. Bro, that his name Will's... is Omri Caspi. That was I thought he just hit, played right? in Israel. I never... Dude, Omri Ka- Caspi is not like a Jewish name that I know of. So uh, maybe if I knew my Jews better, I would uh maybe if I listened to my parents more growing up. Did you stand him Caspi. like like the way that we stand? Like like Omri Caspi is like no. Ch- Chinese equivalent. Well, I didn't like even know he was Jewish. So, oh okay. No. Damn. Yeah. Mm. I was trying to hit you with just Jewish players for you to guess, but Oh you know, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a bad Jew. Trickier. That's what the world is realizing right now. Oh right. God! All right, Oren. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, <laughs> I hope you had a good time recapping the finals and going we'll through these you. other segments with us. Let's yeah, that was smooth. You. That went off without a hitch. So yeah, appreciate that's it. how it goes. It's well, all good, bro. There's beauty in the struggle, man. All right, mm. all right. Our exposure. Ugliness in the success. Uh, that's ugliness in the Zencaster stream right now. That's what. That's what's <laughs> happening. Oh man! All right, man. Um, appreciate you, Oren. Will and I will be back on Friday. That's it. So right. thanks, Orin, for thanks, listening. Man. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, you know, thanks to Orin. And uh, yeah, catch you tomorrow. Peace.